I'll, I'll kill. I'll kill it. Hey. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's a full day. Like if I've got to go start out my own lunch, I don't wear a kilt. Yeah, that's that's fair. I'm getting I'm getting my food. I'm staying in one place for most of the day. Easy peasy. Don't need to worry. Wear a kilt. Overheat if it's too sunny, but overheat anyway because suits are also too hot. So we're good and golden. I'm 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 looking forward to most of the aspects of weddings. You know the wedding part. Most of it. The wedding part's pretty cool. Like the the lifelong commitment to another human being. That's pretty nice and sweet. It's kind of cra- it's kind of crazy to be honest. It is kind of crazy, but it's nice and sweet at the same time. True. And you can be like happy for the for the people. What I'm not looking forward to is being surrounded by a lot of people who I know and a lot of people who I don't know. And having to have conversations with said people. I mean, the, the the main kind of potluck slash lottery for me is where are you sitting for the dinner? Because I know, right? that can either go one of two ways. Either you get a great table or you get a table where you're, the chat is sparse and the only other person you sit to, you you, sit, you know on the table and you're sitting next to, you just chat to them the entire time and you drink champagne. Oh, uh, yeah. Because it's, 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 it's a family wedding, the travel is like... Are you just gonna get sat next to your own siblings and that's really boring? Or are you gonna get sit next to people that you actually get along with better? Or not that I hate not that I hate my siblings or anything. No. <laughs> but they are not as cool as everybody else. That's the that's a very valid point. I hope they don't listen to this. I don't think they do, do they? Nah. If they did, I'd be saying like much harsher things. <laughs> yeah. I mean there's there've been certain weddings in the past, uh, on the other side of my my family where it has really been a total shambles in terms of who your dinner guests are and you end up explaining your life story to to nine different people i know and the same story over and over again and you and then by within an hour you've forgotten their names yeah like i don't i don't get it i think i think weddings need to be smaller or at least the dinner part does this, this one's going to be big by the way you know how big this one's going to be thousands of people <laughs> It's going to be a lot. I know. I can't remember the total number, but I want to say it's like close to 200. Yeah. I don't remember the last wedding that I got invited to the dinner of where I was comfortable with the number of people at said meal. Okay. And granted, my comfort isn't the priority at a wedding, but I feel like it should be. It's a close second to the comfort of the... To the happiness of the couple and their close family. Yeah. Like my, my comfort is nearly at the same level of import, but not quite. Here's a question. Do you think that you and I will be put on a table together? No. No? People are not that generous. They're they're worried (laughs) that we'll take over. We'll get our microphones out. We'll start recording. I mean that would that would be great, but uh, no, you're you're right. We we probably uh, will be kept apart. I think it's also because there's like a hierarchy of you know we need to have the groom siblings and then you know some of the brides. Yeah, you'll be like near the front of the room. I'll be like to the side of the room. And then the, the peasants and peons will be at the back of the room. And that might be me too, but we'll find out. I'll be making chat with some of the bride's elderly relatives, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Love it. Then it's like, how much can you tell them? Like, could, could you just unload like, a, all your worries and, and burdens? No, you gotta just be like, the, you gotta say the good bits. <laughs> I'm self-employed now and it's super sustainable and cool and I don't have a boss and that's great. I, I wear my pajamas to work and everyone's like, ha 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 ha. And then the next person asks, and you say the same thing again. And everyone's like, "Ha ha ha!" Or no, but then you could just like talk about the realistic side of things. Like, yeah, sometimes I I sit in my underwear all day and do nothing. Ha 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 ha! I don't know weddings and the traditions and like the routines. It's all it's, it's all a wee bit fake, but there's the good parts that are worth being yeah. there for. I'm looking forward to it. Should be fun. Should be good. Thank thank you everyone for listening to us talk about our private 
uh, lives and plans that you may or may not be a part of yourselves in the near future. Welcome to wait, no, that's your that's your line. Welcome to Seesaw Parade. Thank you, James. I mean, you you are welcome to introduce the show one time. I think you did it like once. I'm sure you did I don't it know once. once or something like do that. you want to do it again? Uh, if everybody, if anybody else wants to come to the wedding with us, just let us know. We'll have a seesaw, we'll have a seesaw gathering, a seesaw meeting. Absolutely. At the wedding. We'll uh, we'll do a selfie. Yeah, we should. In fact, I'm sure we'll have a seesaw selfie at some point. A see a see selfie. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. This is, of course, Seesaw Parade, uh, episode 173. I am Colin, and he is James. It's been a while, everyone. It has, but... A lot of news happened. So, well, news happened and life happened. It's the same It's the same old tired excuses every time, James, in that, you know, we're just so busy that it just has to take, take a back seat for, like, 10 days. Maybe more. I know, right? Maybe more. I don't remember. The, the, the good news is that I'm back, we're back, and it should be... He says cautiously, uh, a solid run of episodes <laughs> until at least September, but we shall see. There may be... Uh, Cam waters from here, no storms in the horizon. Well, I mean, there may be another work trip to America, but I shall keep you posted. Uh, so this is, of course, the podcast, your new favourite podcast, the least still podcast in Scotland, uh, talking everything from reviews, news, films, and other presidents being racist. Yeah. So and our, and our private lives, our personal absolutely and hobbies... How ill we're feeling. I'm a 5 out of 10 today. I'm a 7. Nice. How well are you, dear listener? God. Please send us exactly just a number. Just tweet us a number. On Twitter, just tweet us a number out of 10. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm like, I'm kind of tired. Uh, it's very warm in the flat. No, I was asking the listener, Colin. <laughs> okay. Talk about the news. Right, fine, let's start. <laughs> Donald Trump, he's not been on this show for a while. Let's talk about him. Oh, wow, yeah, Donald Trump. What's he done while we've been away? Well, while we've been away, James, he has been racist. That's what he's done. That's... Oh, my goodness. And the whole world is surprised. The US president has tweeted uh, attacking four Democratic congresswomen, telling them to go back to the countries they originally came from. James, wow. I'll, I'll give a bit more context, but first of all, how can anyone defend this as not being racist? I don't get it. Well, Colin, because he didn't actually say who he was talking about. He didn't mention them by name, so therefore it can't be racist. What if he was talking about the white ones? That's my question so to you. very, very clear that the tweet was directed at a group of four congresswomen of colour, three of whom were born and raised in the US, while the fourth moved yeah. to the US as a child. I mean, it is kind of like a self-aware situation where Trump's calling like their government's corrupt, but he's three out of four times referring to himself. Right. Let me just read. It's, it's, it was three tweets in a row. Let me just read them to you. Trump said... It's so interesting to see progressive Democrat congresswomen who originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt and inept anywhere in the world, if they even have a functioning government at all, Welcome to the now USA. loudly and viciously telling the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful nation on earth, how our government <laughs> is to be run. Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came? Then come back and show us how it is done. That is outrageous. It's not even pretending. It's not like dog whistles. It's not like subtlety. That is just like complete, clear racism. Right. So the, the woman... I guess it's back to like when he called Africa or countries within Africa like 
tall countries and stuff like that. Yeah, like, yes, he did. Do, also, do we bleep that or not? Sorry, kids. <laughs> sorry, kids. Actually, yeah, bleep things okay. for the kids. We'll do that. Uh, the congresswoman in question, you're right, he did say that. So the congresswomen are Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Rashida Tlaib, yeah. Ayanna Presley, and Ilhan Omar. Yeah, Ilhan Omar is the only one who is an immigrant to the US herself. Yeah. She was born in Somalia, I believe. Whereas the rest of them, like Miss Ocasio-Cortez, was born in the Bronx in New York, a short distance yeah. away from where Donald Trump was born. Yeah. Like, aside from being hugely racist and, like, completely unpresidential and, and really dumb, main, my main issue, like, is just his fans don't care about this. Yeah, they don't care. They're just like, oh, it's fine. It's totally fine. He's not losing any of his, like, his voters to this kind of stuff. He's already crossed the racist line so many times that everyone that's left doesn't care about racism. Let me ask then two questions. First of all, why did he tweet that? And second of all, what is the impact, if any? Well, the first thing he's doing by tweeting it is complaining about people for doing their jobs. These are elected congresswomen. (laughs) Complaining about the government is their job. So he's tweeting at them to complain about them doing their jobs, right? Yeah. But he's probably trying to deflect from the fallout to his his former Secretary of Labour and himself and other friends of his are all getting caught up in this Epstein story, oh, yeah. which we'll come to later on. We'll, we'll talk about that later. So it's like weirdly, coincidentally, a very similar time to the Epstein story and Acosta, his former Secretary of Labour, quitting and all of that getting the headlines and he's he's doing his thing where he, he says something outrageous on Twitter, steals the headlines. A distraction. A distraction that he knows won't lose his voter base because they've already proven that they don't care about this stuff. Right. Okay, well, let me just ask then, will there be any backlash uh, or, let's say, people condemning it from the Republican side? I haven't seen any, like, Republican Congress persons or senators. Theresa May, by the way, has, uh, has said... His remarks were completely unacceptable. So that's completely unacceptable. That's a start. Yeah, that's reasonable. Like globally, there's some backlash within the Democratic Party. I think it's 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 united them. They were having a wee bit of infighting, so now they've got something to unite against again, which is which is cool. Um, but I haven't seen too much in terms of the Republican side of things calling this out. I'm sure there are some moderate voters who are now like, yeah, I suppose. I can't just ignore the racism anymore because yep. this one wasn't just dog whistles and stuff. This one was actual racism, so they might he might lose some of his voters. But like, there's not been enough of an impact. This kind of thing should get someone kicked out. But it it doesn't. Like we've we've crossed the there is a word that I'm searching for. We've crossed the something. And uh, that something has been crossed, and therefore everything... <laughs> it might be a line, I don't know. I'm looking for something like paradigm or lexicon. Uh, we crossed the grey area. If anyone wants to help me out with the phrase I'm looking for, please do tweet me. So we've crossed that yeah. point. It's almost the point of no return, in which Trump has already done and said similar things to these, and nothing happened. Yeah. So he's still... However... He can now just say that without any sort of fear of uh, kind of blowbacks or repercussions. However, we can complain about this all we want being in the UK... But if we're looking at the fact that Boris Johnson's going to be the next PM, you dig into stuff that he's published and articles he's written before, and he is 
again, not even subtly racist. He's very racist. He's very racist in his articles and and also homophobic and sexist in his stuff that he's published. And then he, we're, like his his voter base is calling it, oh, it's okay because it's satire. Oh, it's okay because he was like nope. he was younger then. It was two years ago. It's like no, it's exactly the same. You got someone who is clearly crossing the line loads of times in their um, professional career, and they're not getting punished for it in any way. It's it's very like we're complaining, but like we're we're gonna be having a PM that's got exactly the same style of clearly crossing of lines to no repercussions. It's probably because they've both got goofy haircuts. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what unites them. It's it's the goofy haircuts and also the fact. Honestly, I think Boris has just seen Trump's tactics and said, right, that worked for him. Let's just do it here and it will work for me. Yeah, you don't need to know what you're talking about. So on the on the interview on the BBC with 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 Neil about Brexit, uh, Boris literally didn't know um, what uh, a certain paragraph in in the agreement said about Brexit. And he just says, yeah, I don't know what that is. And no one cares. It's like Boris doesn't even know what he's talking about. Okay. And no one cares. They're like, yeah, we'll still vote for him. I, I don't know. We're just as bad. We're all enabling racism over here too. Yeah, we are. We are. Okay, let's... And then we complain about Labour being anti-Semitic when like the Conservatives have more cases of it. <laughs> UKIP's got more cases off it, but it's still like Labour are the bad guys. Let's we could talk about that for a long time. Let's move on. Let's uh, before we get on to yeah. some reviews and some movie stuff, uh, let's talk about Area Fifty One, James. Now this is a, uh, a story which have been brewing for a few days. The first time I checked it, two hundred thousand people had signed up to a Facebook event to storm Area Fifty One in Nevada, yeah. which was uh, made made yeah. uh, famous or infamous, perhaps by the Independence Day movie, which speculated that Area 51 was being used to uh, experiment on aliens. Yeah. When I when I checked this campaign this morning, it's now over half a million people. It's, it's like probably 600,000 people at this point. Yeah. To the extent that the US Army have warned people, like, don't come anywhere near here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a secret... A secret base, right? Well, not so secret, but secret as to what they're doing. The, the date set, by the way, is September 20th, so we're still a few months away from it. Uh, what do you think about this yeah. this whole story, James? It's just another like insane cultural pickup that started as a small joke on Reddit and then blew up everywhere. Yep. And I, th- I think it's hilarious. We got celebrities agreeing to to join the meme and saying that they're going it, like it's it's genuinely hilarious and i don't i don't know if anyone's gonna go i think once you get like surely some percentage of all the people who are saying that they're gonna go will actually try to oh, go absolutely yeah they will guarantee and it. the more people are signing up the bigger that tiny percentage gets like if you're talking about one percent that's still thousands of people <laughs> yeah and like, what does the what does the military do? Does the military start shooting people if they get too close to the to the boundary line? Do they just have a blockade? Well, <laughs> like, it's so funny. In the uh, description for the event, it says something like, "If we all Naruto run at the same time, we'll be quicker than their bullets, <laughs> or we'll avoid their bullets." Anime running, <laughs> yeah, no, anime running is is like. Uh, is banned as a as a method of sprinting in the Olympics because it just breaks. The which rules. is which is what like arms it, behind you and head down. Arms behind your back, head down, just full sprint. Okay, so you're right. Let's <laughs> say six hundred thousand people at the moment on Facebook currently saying on Facebook alone. Never yeah. mind the Reddit audience. Never mind everybody. Okay, else. Well, let's say six hundred thousand. Let's say point yeah. one of a percent 
go on, fact, let's say one percent. One percent of people turn yeah. up. That's six thousand people. <laughs> and the anime run right at area fifty. Even if it's like point five percent of six hundred thousand, that's still three thousand people showing up at area fifty one. What are they meant to do? Like, well, they'll, they'll just like have a blockade. They'll just have the army with their full gear on, with uh, not live weapons. They won't have live weapons for this stuff. Uh, block block everyone that shows up. How many people show up? I mean, the US military is insane. Yeah. And this is an Air Force base, I believe. It's where they, where everyone speculates, this is where they do their stealth plane technology research, R&D. Right, okay. So they really do want this to be protected. They're not going to be like, yeah, come in for a tour, everybody that showed up. This is hilarious. Like, they don't want any leaks to come out of this place. I, I'm looking forward to the news of this. I hope no one gets hurt. You it's know. still, it's September, so... So that will happen eventually. The problem, they, the problem with what they've done is they set the date too far in the future. So the meme economy will move on in like three days. I'm already bored of the meme in a lot of ways. There's, there's too many people that are doing this cheaply. It won't be cool anymore by the time that the planned date comes around. Okay, we're going to talk about James Bond, the Fast and Furious franchise again. But first, let's talk about what we've been watching. James, start with you. Oh, uh, I finished... A, a season of Peaky Blinders, hey, but not the most recent. Nice. One, but maybe I already talked about that. I don't remember what I've talked about on on this show. No, we we not talked about Peaky Blinders. Certainly not recently. Yeah, no. So that was that was really good. I'm enjoying that season. Like for something made like that started off. Which which season? So small. Uh, season three was when I finished. Hey, nice. Season four is out and is available. I just haven't watched it okay. yet. Okay. But that's like high quality, high quality TV. Absolutely. I, I, I keep enjoying it more and more. And granted, like. You can tell where they've rushed character arcs sometimes. You can tell where they've cut corners because actors want to move on and stuff. Yep. But it's still been great. And like some of the messages it's trying to say are still are relevant today. And I am enjoying it. Sounds good. Anything else before I pollute the airwaves with what I've been watching? Stranger Things is an ongoing thing. I think we can talk about that next week. How has is, how is that started, interestingly? I know a couple of people who've started Stranger Things, but no one... I get the impression that no one is, like, rushing, binge-watching everything. Well, it, it did become the most-watched show on Netflix right. upon release. Okay, well... <laughs> and to be honest, I didn't expect to enjoy it at all. Okay. And I'm loving it. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Like, my short... Like, the short current review is that they have gone overboard. Like, sharks have been jumped, just like in season two. <laughs> no! But because of the nature of the show and the fact that it is referencing 80s media, this is what you have to do. If you want to reference 80s media, you've got to do the 80s media storyline. Right. Okay. And it's really, really good. Let's, uh, just to tell you a couple of movies I've watched, I've not started Stranger Things or, or anything on Netflix. Uh, Jessica Jones, by the way, the final season of Jessica Jones is now out. Uh, if you were... Oh yeah, I watched a couple of those. Oh, nice. Uh, it's on my it's yeah. on my list. I'll get there eventually. I saw the new Spider-Man film, Far From Home. Hey! It's difficult to discuss this film without discussing spoilers. So let me just say, two, there's two things. First of all, this film is excellent. Really good fun. I actually preferred Homecoming, but only just. Ooh. And also, this is a film in which you absolutely must stay until the end of the very end of the credits like those are there are two scenes in particular one of which drew audible gasps from myself and the rest of the audience (gasps) Uh, and that's all i'm going to say about that and then the final one just flips everything you've been watching on its head right 
And it's like in a playful way. It's not like, well, what was the point of that? But it just it reframes the entire movie. Right. So I'm upset by hearing this in a way. I think those scenes shouldn't be in the credits. Well, so this is why I would like eventually when you do see it, I would like to see what you think of it. Because essentially what the credits does, what the, certainly what the first post credit scene does is it sets up the rest of the Spider-Man franchise and p- and possibly kind of further into to phase four. Right. The final the final end credit scene is more of just like it's like a throwaway joke, but it actually reframes the entire movie. Um, right. It's difficult as I say, it's difficult to discuss it without actually yeah, spoiling we can, it. We can talk about it in a, like when I've seen Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, the spoiler, the spoiler window is a bit shifty. Yeah, I'd like to if anyone out there has watched uh, Far From Home, please do let me know what you think as well, because I'd be really interested just to see if you felt the credits and the, the scenes at the end came at the right time. Yeah, I, I, like, I don't think ever there should be something that is vital to story in credit scenes. It's not, it's I think not there vital. there should be a cheeky, a cheeky reward. Yeah. But if we're talking about the end credit scenes setting up the future universes, it's like, put that in the film. So essentially, like the film has ended. The, the film has been wrapped up. And then just at the very yeah. end, it's, there's like a cheeky nod, which is what drew the gasp. And then also it just suddenly throws something out there and the whole, you know, everything you've watched has suddenly been turned on his head and you've got the next film set up. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, we'll come back to that in a future Right. Week. And let me just, just say before I move on, Jake Gyllenhaal is as zany, as brilliant as you expected him to be. Uh, he is yeah. excellent as the villain. I would. Uh, he, he's he's one. He's not the strongest Marvel villain, but he certainly has more uh, depth to him than a whole host of others. So yeah, give him yeah. credit for just. He's clearly having a great time as well, which is and he's fab. he's just such a good guy. Watching all his interviews and stuff, he's he's so lovely. Have you seen any of any of the interviews he and Tom Holland have been doing? I didn't see too many. I saw a couple. Um, the two of them have like a real bromance going on. It's very cute. Yeah. So I don't know. Like John Hall, he's he's been delivering good films for a very long time. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're excited. Okay. Lastly, uh, for this week, I saw Stuber, which is the uh, new film featuring Camille Nanjiani and former wrestler Dave Batista, aka Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Wait, that. Oh yeah, I forgot. That's what that one was called. So this is uh, this. It's kind of it's almost like a buddy cop movie in which. Camille Nanjiani plays an Uber driver and uh, Batista plays a rogue cop who's desperately trying to track down the criminal who killed his partner, who's Karen Gillan, by the way. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, it's cool seeing her in a kind of a cameo with, with Dave Batista. So that's essentially the plot. It's very threadbare. The plot just... I, th- I think it's aware of how stupid the film is and it just goes with it. Right. But what's most frustrating is that it's not... It's not a good movie, but it's not terrible. There was like a two or three lines which actually made me laugh out loud, but that was about that was about it. Oh, right. Like there was okay. a few other kind of wry smiles, and you know, if if your total laugh tally is barely, you can count it on one hand. You failed as a comedy, even if those jokes were were very funny. Right. So this is not a film that you turn off the lights and get out the snacks for. This is just like no, no, absolutely. If you're not. working it's... on a late night project, put this on in the background. Yes, absolutely. It's yeah. It's also very, very violent. Like it's uh, more, much more violent and much more graphic than I expected. Right. Well, no. If you want to see a good film about a taxi driver getting pulled into a situation that he doesn't want to be a part of, which is graphic and people dying, and is pretty great, just watch Collateral. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good film. Uh, so, I would skip this one entirely. Watch Spider Man. Skip Stuber. Watch Collateral, but like tune into a five-minute stand-up sketch every half an hour. <laughs> 
and it'll be the same experience, well, exactly. but better. Right, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, the one big movie trailer which came out recently. It is the live-action remake, thanks, Disney, of Mulan. Hey! Let's have a listen. We have excellent news. The matchmaker has found you an auspicious match. It is decided. Come and sit down. It is what is best for our family. Yes, I will bring honour to us all. Right, so James, bearing in mind that The Lion King comes out this week and is already... Did you hear any... Wait, no, actually, <laughs> changing subject. Did you hear any of the Lion King songs? They've released them. Well, this is, this is what I was about to say. So they've released some of the songs. I've not listened to them, but they've also Ooh. released some of the reviews, which have been very, very middling, very lukewarm. Oh, yeah, they've just recreated The Lion King, but less fun. Yeah, that's literally what the reviews say. Just... Before we talk about The Lion King, Mulan, what did you think about this trailer? I expect that this live-action film will be one of the good ones. Absolutely. In terms of Disney recreating its its films, because this one isn't a replica of the Disney story. It's a replica of the original story. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've gone, like, it's. I'm sure it's like a, 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 like a mutant of the Disney film and the original, so like, actual lore. So there's no Mushu the dragon? There's no Mushu the dragon. It's not going to be so jokey humory. It's a bit more, uh, like, it's a bit more stylized. Like, yeah, it, yeah. it looks pretty cool. It, di- it did. And I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not against this film anymore. What I liked about it is that it does have the potential, well, first of all, to be good. Yes. But also, it just has the opportunity to have that choreography, to have that sort of martial arts style in a Disney film. And yeah, what I saw in the trailer, I really liked. So great. Yeah, like if they, if this isn't if this is like not a not a kids film, <laughs> it could be great. But if it's yeah, so I, I'm hopeful and the cast I like. So I'm, we're getting there. I'm actually like unlike The Lion King and I like all the other ones. I actually think I want to see this one. Oh yeah, me too. Okay, what you, what were you saying about the Lion King music? It, it was so. It felt like good karaoke. So it felt like <laughs> it felt like people who are really good at singing chose Disney songs for their karaoke night, except Seth Rogen, who whose singing is terrible. Well, I mean, I could have um, told you that before I even yeah. heard the songs. They destroyed one of the jokes as well in the song, um, which I let you enjoy the experience of cringing over how bad the humor is. Um, like a lot of the lines have a different emotional feeling to them than they do because they're instead of trying to sing it emotionally, they're singing it as well as they possibly can, recording lines half a half a word at a time to get them with the perfect notes. Right, okay. So like it doesn't feel like a like genuine song. It feels like way overproduced. It feels like they tried way too hard. The only silver lining for me is that in 20 years time when people are singing these songs, I all know who watched the good Lion King films and who watched the fake overproduced ones? Because the melodies are a wee bit different. I think the the, the fear I have, and it's a very middle class, um, sneery <laughs> film reviewer type of fear, is that people will soon be referencing this Lion King as opposed to the original. They will, yeah. But that's that's it. This shouldn't be like that. But I'm okay with that because the lines are a bit different, because the the melodies are a bit different. I'll just be like able to look down my nose at these people and be like, you watched and loved the inferior film. <laughs> that makes you a subpar human. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's enjoyable. I'm sure the film's fine, but it's just, it it does, it does feels like a fan-made version of, of The Lion King. Yeah. 
but really well done. Okay, quickly, let's uh, blitz through some movie news. Bond 25 is still shooting and spotted on set this week is Christoph Waltz, who played Blofeld Inspector. Now, he and his yeah. fate was left undecided at the end of Spectre. James Bond decided not to kill him and go off with his girlfriend, which I didn't. Yeah. I personally thought it was a terrible ending. Yeah, I hated that. So he is actually going to be back in the movie, which I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it makes sense to have him back in. you got to tie up the storyline. He was very and underwhelming, Inspector. I, I just don't like Spectre at all. Yeah, no, so. me neither. <laughs> He's back. Like, maybe he'll be good in this one. I know we've... Not like, not like a good character, but like well-acted and well-written. I know we've talked about it in the past, but Skyfall to me, I know it has so many, like, parts during the story where you're thinking, that couldn't happen, that's impossible, that's ridiculous, but it's still a really fun film. Like, I really enjoyed Skyfall, despite the fact it has lots of... Yeah, loopholes and kind of thinking, uh, how would that work? Yeah, like it, well, it was flawed in a lot of ways, but it was still like good overall. I enjoyed it very much. It's a yeah, it's a really fun Bond movie. Spectre yeah. is not, and also I'm still staring Spectre, at Quantum no. of Solace in front of me, which I'm yet to watch. You haven't seen Quantum of Solace? No, it's it's I've I got it on a DVD of clearly from HMV because the uh, the sticker's been scrolled off it. You should see it just for the experience. But if anything, if there's anything to go off, it's like the fact that Casino Royale I liked. Uh, Quantum of Solace, I didn't. Right. And so it kind of, we're kind of going for a on-off, on-off <laughs> run, which means that this one could be a good okay, one. Okay, good. Right, let's move on. Could, yeah. Fast 9. Yeah, that's right. Fast and the Benign is coming out uh, next year. It's in the middle of uh, principal photography as well. And Vin Diesel this week confirmed that returning to its franchise is Helen Mirren and Charlize Theron, who was the, uh, the baddie, the villainess. Yeah. In the yeah. last film, she'll be. This will be her redemption arc, and then she'll get her spin-off in the next <laughs> one. This franchise has more like big names in it than any other show, or any other franchise I can think of. Like they just keep bringing them all back. Yeah, I don't understand it. I think it's hilarious. It keep it's just it is entertaining me more and more just how big this series is becoming. <laughs> and also the uh, did you see the uh, translation of Hobbs and Shaw, Fast and Furious in in uh, China? No. Uh, it's called Wild Ride Super Combo. Wild Ride Super Combo. I want to see that version of the film. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And lastly, for this week, uh, from the world of movies, the new Saw film, which is being rebooted, <coughs> sorry, rebooted by Chris Rock, the comedian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's cast himself, Samuel L. Jackson and uh, Max Minghella, who you will know from the social network. Yeah. Uh, in the 2020 reboot. Right, so we're going I mean, for like high production software. So, well, Chris Rock's cast himself as a detective. I don't know if he can act. Can he act? <laughs> can he be a detective? I reckon he can act. Comedians can usually act very well. Yeah. Comedians make some of the best actors. I still don't know how I feel about so, this whole Saw reboot thing. Comedian writing horror films like they, that they've got a passion for is I got high hopes. Like it could be good. Jordan Peele. Yeah, it could be awful though. <laughs> All the same. It could be like a pet project that goes horribly wrong. Yep. But. It could be good. Okay, yeah. let's finish up with some news <laughs> wow, from around. I said so much valuable input there. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, uh, well, see, this is why you're still on the show, James. This is why we keep you around. <laughs> we talked about Jeffrey Epstein earlier. James, just oh, yeah. bring the listeners up to speed, if you can, right. about this story. Because it's one that, seeing, seeing as I was in the middle of North Wales last week, I kind of missed everything that happened. And let me just add a content warning for anyone who's listening with children. Some of the charges listed here are very serious. Yeah, like it's hard to summarize because it's so huge. So Epstein is a super rich boy from the States. Yeah. You and see boy, he he's like an, a, he's an old dude. 
in his estate there is an entire island and on that island he's got a mansion and in that mansion he's got a whole bunch of underage girls who he literally bought off the slave trade and or um, hired to be like whatever right waitresses and drink servers and masseurs and you know it's it's very creepy <laughs> and it's very illegal and very illegal. He, uh, his the case the case against him in the early or the late 2000s and zeros got hushed up pushed under the rug he got away with like a few months in jail or something yeah he did yeah yeah um for like some seriously like statutory rape charges for sex trafficking charges and um, because he pled guilty to something minor and then uh people people worked with him to get it hushed up because not only was he implicated but trump was and a whole bunch of other rich people were and just like the way justice works for the rich is it doesn't so recently the court was appealed and whatnot and the case has been reopened now and he's getting charged again and he's getting reinvestigated and it's showing up like some pretty pretty bad stuff yeah i was looking looking through the charges they're they're pretty horrendous yes you, you look into it, it's hard to summarize, but in the mix is the fact that a bunch of his rich friends are also being implicated. So we've got Prince Andrew, potentially, his name has been thrown in as someone who maybe, who maybe was involved in these sex parties with underage girls in the United States. And we've got the ex-Prime Minister of Israel, we've got Bill Clinton, we've got Donald Trump, and the whole internet wants justice i'd say the whole world should want justice Mm -hmm. but again like maybe epstein goes down maybe he gets to plea another plea deal because he's rich we don't get any justice because rich people never go under like the panama papers came out and a whole bunch of rich people were breaking the law and then like five people went to jail globally yeah well exactly this to me is just going to be another story of someone rich who did something absolutely horrendous and is just gonna get off scot-free with it yeah i'd be surprised if epstein doesn't go to jail but he might just be in for a couple of months and he'll get to build his own prison (laughs) right (laughs) and he'll have waiters and it'll just be like a wee summer vacation for him okay um i I would like it would be surprising if anybody else gets brought down even though like these these rich person underage girl sex parties uh where literal rape occurred will have involved a whole bunch of like huge names and then none of them will be brought down to and they all should be all these people should be sent to jail and never have the lives they have had so far ever again they should never be free to enjoy their wealth again they should get all their stuff ripped away from them okay let's let's move on let's talk about uh, iran shall we it's still kind of bubbling away in the background iran oh man i forgot about all the iran bubbling away making chemical weapons yeah britain stealing their ships right so them trying to steal ours this this story just keeps getting bigger and bigger in that yeah britain have a an iranian oil tanker and iran tried to do something to a british ship and then the british showed up and scared them off i'm I am throwing the apparently out there very strongly. Absolutely. But then, of course, there's the whole mining, like blowing up holes in the side of oil tanker ships. Like, who did that and who said what? And then, of course, there's the news that um, a leak claimed Donald Trump scrapped the Iran nuclear deal, this uh, historic deal made in 2015, simply to spite Barack Obama, which I 100% believe. Yeah, and he's been doing things just to spite Barack since day one. Because Barack made fun of him before he was president, right? Trump is just, he got brought down, he got laughed at in public, and now he's doing things that Obama did to try and yeah. wreck the legacy. It also links into the leaking 
which was done by the UK's former ambassador in the US. Sorry, it wasn't him who was doing the leaking. Somebody in his team yeah. was leaking memos that Sir Kim Darroch was writing about Trump saying that, you know, his government was inept and uh, all lots of horrible things. Which it is. Uh, he's now resigned. Yeah. Which is a shame. He, 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 again, he resigned because Boris Johnson refused to give him any support. As one of his main reasons for resigning was the fact that he knew that Boris wasn't behind him. So he resigned. And then Boris is denying that again. Uh, like The story is huge. So the leaks occurred, which, you know, the fact that the police got involved with the leaks and the fact that the police have tried to hush them means that it's completely legit. All these emails did get sent. Yep. Uh, the the ambassadors quit and this new leak about uh, Trump reneging on the deal because of Obama is completely legit and the fact that Trump did that again is legit the fact that we got an ambassador that wasn't scared to say that in emails that's pretty cool we don't have that ambassador anymore yep. I hope he gets replaced by someone good but like the Iran situation keeps getting bigger and bigger. Okay, before no, I just I just want to I want to I want to get in on this. So we stole one of their oil ships because we suspected it was going to sell oil to Syria, which the EU has a blockade against right. or has okay. a sanctions on. Yeah, which is a bit strange that we can steal an oil ship oil from a com- a com- a country who isn't in the EU because of our sanctions. The not strange but, part but is that but we're Britain, James. We can do what we like. Yeah. The not strange part is that it tried to dock in Gibraltar, which was which was sold to us by the media as a surprise move. But <laughs> it turns out that, <laughs> that the ship had planned to jo- dock in Gibraltar all along. We knew it was coming. And the day before it docked, we changed our rules so that we could steal the ship. What? That's mental. Yeah, like, you can look at it. We can look into it. We, like, the UK changed its rules so that we could, we could seize a ship for up to, up to three days. That's insane. And we did that. And now we're saying you can get it back if you promise it's not going to Syria. Goodness sake. In the meantime, we've got a ship going near Iran. And then our ship turns off its trans- transmitters. It turns off its, its GPS, basically. So it, it can no longer be seen. Iran has no yeah. idea where it's going. So Iran responds to a ship going stealth mode by sending out its ships to find it. <laughs> and then the US says, hey, the UK, can you, can you, can you intervene here, please? And they, then we go, oh, yeah, okay. And then we send out the, the our Navy ship to get in the way of the ships that are responding to our stealth ship completely fairly. <laughs> like, if, 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 you, if you stealth shipped near another country, I expect any country would go and investigate. Yeah, they're not just going to be like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, we're just going to yeah. let you roam undetected. It's totally fine. We're, yeah. we're okay with that. So the, so the US media reports this as five Iranian vessels try to seize a UK oil tanker. And then the UK media <laughs> uh, pushes the story out that three Iranian vessels try to block a UK oil tanker, which again sounds a wee bit more reasonable. And then Iran's like, guys, no. And then we find out that our, our ship went stealth as it approached their water, Aww. so they just responded completely fairly. Like, why are we doing this? Are we genuinely just wanting war? Just a horrible bunch of people. That's all we are. Yeah, so hopefully it de-escalates. Okay. We're talking about giving their ship back. We have sent a second uh, like war war vessel to those wars. So it's, it's called like bit, the HMS like got, Duncan or something. I know. Our ships are so stupidly named. <laughs> uh, right. Sorry. I know, like I just want to see de-escalation. Seriously, stop gearing up for war just because the Saudis want us to. Saudis are literal terrorists. <laughs> but they have lots of money, James. They've got money and they're terrorists. We've got money and we're terrorists. Iran doesn't have money and they're not terrorists. So clearly they're the bad guys. Okay. Hashtag free Iran. Let's move I on. I mean, they are, they are talking about enriching their uranium. They but are. The US pulled out of the deal that told them to stop doing that. So I don't see why they shouldn't. Right? Yeah. 
If the US pull out the deal, the US are the bad guys. Okay, let's quickly move on. We've got two things left. Before we go to Wimbledon, let's talk about Africa, who after four years, the continent of Africa has agreed a free trade deal. 54 out of the 55 countries. Eritrea were the only one who said no. Uh, The 54 agreed to trade freely amongst each other. That's great. Eritrea pulling a pre-Brexit and just shooting themselves in the foot from the get-go. I don't understand why you would yeah. do that. No, so four years to do a continent-wide deal is so fast. Well done. That's quick. And that's really cool because it's like, this is, a, this is a continent who we savaged and stole everything from. Like, we caused the famines, we caused the poverty, and then we judge them for being poor after the fact. Mm. So they are, like, making agreements to, to grow together and to trade with each other and to improve their infrastructure with new rail lines. It's really cool to see this. And then like this also means that the UK is less likely to be able to take advantage of them when we go independent and try to make trade deals, which I like. If the UK can't make trade deals with Africa, I'm happy because like we have taken advantage of them too much. Okay, right. Let's uh, finish up with Wimbledon. Novak Djokovic winning his fifth Wimbledon title yesterday in a classic with Roger Federer. However, the match was marred congrats, congrats. by the fact that the audience or the crowd at centre court were clearly pro-Federer, were chanting like, Roger, yeah. Roger. Uh, well, in more with more enthusiasm than that. Um, <laughs> Roger, Roger. And we're also uh, booing some of the Serbs' yeah. winners and cheering when he messed up. James, how do we feel about this? There, this is one of the many reasons I hate football. It's because fans boo the opposing team. So the fact that it's leaking into tennis of booing the person you're not supporting sucks. And especially because it's just one guy out there. He's got no one on his side at, on the on the field, on the grass. So it's just such a shame. I hate this. And I have disliked Federer's fans for a few Wimbledons in a row. And now it's just embarrassing. Mm-hmm. You can't do this. And anyone whose fans are booing the, the opposing player will feel awful. They're not going to feel good that you're booing their opponent. So just, like, stop, please. It's funny. And- Novak was giving daggers to certain people in the crowd who were clearly jeering him louder than everybody else. Yeah, and it's just, it just sucks. It just really sucks that someone's victory can be marred like this. Same with, like, it's, 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 it's not as bad, but it's like it's ha- it happened with the Serena stuff when she lost. Yeah, it was a real shame. I mean, she was totally outplayed by Simona Halep. Yeah. Do you know what it is? It's more of that football mentality. You're so right. It's the football mentality which is creeping into tennis, which has always been, in my memory, about respect for both players as opposed tennis to is, partisan. Tennis is about respect, yeah. No, so like this toxic fan base stuff, that being, you can be a toxic fan. Stop being a toxic fan. If you're a fan of one person, that doesn't make you not a fan of everyone else. That doesn't make you opposed to everyone else. You can still cheer someone for doing well, even if you're like team or individual is losing yeah so just start being decent human beings and enjoy good sport rather than victory okay james talking of victory uh i don't actually know how i can make this into a link but uh yeah get in touch everybody social media twitter <laughs> talking about victory um celebrate us <laughs> send us a tweet that says congrats or a number between one and ten yeah <laughs> Do you know what, James? Just just on this note, oh, I've been working with uh, this uh, this new company in Hungary, right? And their main thing at the end is like they're trying to trying to encourage comments and interaction, right? And they were like, and similarly, I've read this before and I've said this before. It says, "Give your audience one thing to do, and they're more likely to do it," as opposed to yeah, yeah. So what's what is the one thing we're doing? Because we're we're giving the, the audience too the, many options the here. Call to action. Yeah, what's we're giving them too many. What's options. your CTA, man? 
call to action audience like that, or that we're sneaking in that you don't even notice this manipulation yep. let us know how you're doing number one to ten <laughs> number okay yeah number one to ten tweet us a number give us a rating how are you feeling are you well if we fail to get like three responses then I, i'm done I'm, i quit wow stop it don't hold don't hold our, our show hostage to responses. That's not a call to action. That's just guilt tripping. That's very true. Okay, well, it's at Cecil Parade on Twitter. James, where else? Email. Email is, email is a number raising. How are you? <laughs> uh, CeselParade at gmail.com. You can Snapchat Colin at CeselParade. <laughs> I don't know, just whatever. You see us in real life, especially at a wedding that we invite yeah, you to. Exactly. Uh, let us know how you're doing. Give us a number one to ten. That'll be the entirety of our conversation. And then we'll move on to sit in opposite corners of the yep. room and uh, drink a beer. Okay. Also, do you think if, I, if, if we dance, it will raise eyebrows? If we danced, it would, yeah, it yeah, would, yeah. Raise, it would raise eyebrows of, uh, of like people being like, wow, they look real good. <laughs> look, at that, look at that real pro dancing. Look they at that rumba. Good. Look at that, yeah. Look at them hips. Okay, right. Time to end, James. Thank you so much. I will see you at this look wedding. At the, look at the shins on that boy. <laughs> right, James. Okay. Right, everybody, see you at the wedding, everyone. Yeah, see you there, everybody. Goodbye, Chris Rock. Goodbye, toxic fans. <laughs>